You're listening to audio from Grace Community Church in Anger, North Carolina. More information about Grace Community Church can be found at graceccnc.org. All right. Hey, that's David. I'm Ricky. I'm the other staff member, one of the other staff members here at Grace. So yes, you can come to me. I'll shoot your video as well. My office is the one with all the kids afterwards. You'll see them in there. Just follow the noise, me kicking them out probably so we can shoot your video. Yeah, happy to do that. Good morning. So I'm on staff here at Grace, and if this is your first time here, once again, my name is Ricky. I'm glad you're here with us this morning. Uh, I need to tell you a couple of things. First of all, you are here at a, on a morning where we are smack dab in the middle of a study through the book of Isaiah. You can see it on the screen there. And this has been an intense study, but I am glad you're here and that you're jumping in with us in the middle of this study. Um, also, I want to mention to you that Pastor Brad, as David just mentioned, is just beginning a two-month summer sabbatical, a well-deserved two-month summer sabbatical. As David said, it's been 20 years that he has served here at Grace, and that is amazing. Uh, for someone, to, he spent 20 years at a camp in the mountains, 20 years there, and to come here, spend 20 years here, uh, I really admire that. So very grateful for Pastor Brad's influence on in my life. I'm sure you guys uh, Many of you have been touched by his life as well and by Allison's life. So this is an opportunity to celebrate them. So if you, uh, for some reason, don't have access to the internet, because that's where you can sign up on our website, you can, you can sign up there. If you don't have access to the internet, just let me know, David. Uh, Stacy Williford is, uh, is coordinating it. We'll, we'll make sure you're marked down as, as attending. But I really hope you'll make plans to attend. Uh, we really hope this will be a special night for Brad and Allison. And I know that your presence will uh, make it just that. It'll make it a special night. So, well, this morning, we're just going to jump right in. Hope you guys are cool with that. Um, as I said, we're in the middle of a study through the book of Isaiah, and I'm going to continue this morning through Isaiah by covering chapters 31 and 32. So I'm going to be one of the four different guys who are going to be covering the, the preaching duties over the next couple of months, and then Pastor Brad will, uh, well, he will join us. The plan is July 8th, so he'll come in and make, a, make an appearance. He'll preach, and then, uh, then he'll be back with us in August. So we're going to jump right in this morning. Our passage is chapter 31, 32 of Isaiah, and typically here at Grace, we stand out of respect for the reading of God's word whenever we read God's word. This morning, it's like two chapters, but I still want us to do that. So we're going to stand and we're going to read God's word. Don't worry, we're not going to read both chapters. Go ahead and stand up. We're just going to read the first three verses of chapter 31. So uh, don't get too comfortable standing. After we um, read these three verses, I'm going to pray for us and ask the Lord's blessing uh, for this time. Isaiah 31, verse 1. Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help and rely on horses. Who trust in chariots because they are many, and in horsemen because they are very strong. But do not look to the Holy One of Israel or consult the Lord. And yet he is wise and brings disaster. He does not call back his words, but will arise against the house of the evildoers and against the helpers of those who work iniquity. Verse 3, the Egyptians are man and not God, and their horses are flesh not spirit. When the Lord stretches out his hand, the helper will stumble, and he who is helped will fall, and they will all perish together. Let's pray. Lord, we ask that your word this morning will speak to us, that our hearts will be open for what it is we need to hear. Father, we ask that your spirit will work. 
Comfort us if we need to be comforted. Lord, confront us if we need to be confronted. For your glory and our good. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. So you guys can be seated. Well, if you were to just walk up on these events in the time of Isaiah, you might be tempted to think there are only three players um, in the game here. What you would see is that you have the mighty Assyrians coming down. They're coming after Judah. And what Judah has done, they have reached out and they've called help from Egypt. Assyria's coming. Judah, ah, Egypt, help. But you might would miss there's a fourth player who's actually in play here. There's a fourth player they choose to ignore. But let me tell you, this fourth player is always involved. You may not see him. You may choose not to acknowledge him. But this fourth player is always at work in your circumstances, whether you know it or not. And this person's God. See, there's no running away from God. Guys, there's no, there's no hiding from God. There's no scheming you can do that God will not know about. So guys, whether, whether you choose to acknowledge or not, I want you to know that God is very aware of your circumstances. And you see Judah, they knew Assyria was coming, and Judah had a choice to make. They, they could either call out for rescue from the one they could not see, God who is spirit, or they could call out for rescue from the one they could see, Egypt. They had a choice to make. Would they seek rescue from God or would they seek rescue from man? They chose man. They called out for Egypt. Bad move, guys. I have two main points for you today. And on these two main points, I'm going to give you a few sub-points to give you some handles to grab on with, to track with. And the first thing I want you to see this morning, in chapter 31, I want you guys to see that the only way to be saved from God is to be saved by God. The only way you can be saved from God is to just be saved by God. In Isaiah chapter 31, Isaiah, he's telling Judah, he's saying the only way you're going to be saved, Judah, from Assyria. The only way is if you cry out to me for help because I'm the only one who could save you. That's what Isaiah is telling Judah this morning. So guys, whenever we read verses 1 through 3, and I hope you still have them open in your Bible there, you can kind of track with me as we talk through these two passages this morning. It's very clear that we see just in reading the first three verses, there's really only one in control here. God is always in control. God is always control. You see, Judah was mistaken in thinking Assyria was their biggest enemy. Assyria's coming. Judah's starting to freak out. They think that's their problem. Their enemy was much bigger than Assyria. And guys, there was no help that Judah could call on that could keep them from the one who was actually after them, and that was God. You see, Judah, they had chosen to ignore God. And guys, whenever you choose to ignore God, you are choosing to reject God. And that's what Judah had done. They ignored God, therefore they chose to reject God. They had made God their enemy. They ignored the fourth player, God. They ignored the one, the only one who is in control. Guys, I want you to know that God is always involved. He's always there. You may not see him, you may not acknowledge him, you may not want to, but God is always at work. And we see in verse 1, Judah, they had a decision to make. Who did they choose? They chose Egypt. They turned, they ran to Egypt. And this is kind of ironic. I mean, if you recall, God had already delivered the Israelites from Egypt. And now we have, they need saving. Who do they run to? They run back to the ones God had saved them from before. 
in the past. Because Judah, they look and they see, wow, the Egyptians, you see their horses? I mean, they're horsemen, they're chariots. They see the power of the world and they choose to ignore the power of God. And in choosing to reach out to what the world can offer them, they're turning their back on God and they're rejecting what God alone can give. Guys, they thought their plans were wise. But God has this way of taking even what we think are the best plans and in our judgment, his judgment against us, he turns them around on us. And then we see in verse 3, there's this uh-oh moment. Uh-oh. We've gone to man. We should have gone to God. Judah, they chose to seek rescue from man instead of God. Judah, they thought their problem was they needed physical rescue. They chose to ignore what they truly needed rescuing from. They needed spiritual rescue. They needed saving from God. Assyria wasn't their problem. God was. So Judah thought they were in trouble with Assyria, Assyria, but really Judah had God after them. Guys, talking, talk about the war being over before it ever begins. They had no chance. God is always in control. And guys, I want you to know there is nowhere to hide from God whenever he is after you. It's what Isaiah wants Judah to see this morning. It's what he wants us to see this morning. That the only way you can be saved by God, because he's the one you've rejected, is to be saved by God. The only way you can be saved from God is to be saved by God. Verse 4. For thus the Lord said to me, as a lion or a young lion growls over his prey, and when a band of shepherds is called against him, he's not terrified by their shouting or daunted at their noise. So the Lord of hosts will come down to fight on Mount Zion and on its hill. Like birds hovering, so the Lord of hosts. He will protect Jerusalem. He will protect and deliver it, and he will spare and rescue it. So guys, in in verse 4, Isaiah is telling us this. He's saying, hey, you can do what you want, but uh, there's no deterring God. God will not be deterred. I mean, he's like a lion. Okay, and whenever a lion has trapped its prey, there's only one party who's deciding who's going to live and who's going to die. That's the lion. It's like shepherds, like they have a chance to save prey from a lion? Absolutely not. About as much of a chance as Egypt has of saving Judah from Assyria. Guys, there is no saving a prey from the lion that's after it, and there is no saving Judah or Assyria whenever God is after them. Create what commotion you want, but there is no intimidating God, and he is not going to be deterred. Judah thought their best shot of protection was to call to Egypt instead of God. And we read in verse 5 that all the while, while the commotion was happening, when everything was happening on the ground, God the whole time, he was hovering above. Even though God may have been silent, he was circling around and he had his eye on his people. And God would see to it that his people would be protected, that his people would indeed be rescued. So guys, where is it I want you to think about? Where is it you are seeking rescue from that's not God? All right, where other than God are you seeking rescue? Maybe for some of you, 
It's, it's your paycheck. If so, I, I just want to gently remind you God's in control. It may not come. All right, maybe you seek security from a, a, a healthy lifestyle. I just want to gently remind you it's, it's good, but God is in control. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. Guys, let's be careful. Let's be careful not to reject God because we are first and foremost pursuing and worried about our, our temporal security. Whenever God all alone is saying, I'm wanting to, bri- to provide for you eternal security. That's what you most need right now. Verses 6 through 9. Turn to him from whom people have deeply revolted, O children of Israel. For in that day, everyone shall cast away his idols of silver and his idols of gold, which your hands have sinfully made for you. And the Assyrians shall fall by a sword, not of man, and the sword, not of man, shall devour him. And he shall flee from the sword, and his young men shall be put to forced labor. His rocks shall pass away in terror, and his officers desert the standard in panic, declares the Lord whose fire is in Zion, and whose furnace is in Jerusalem. I understand. Some of you here today, you might be asking, Ricky, now, why exactly is God after me? This, it's kind of, this is kind of the, the deal, though. Whenever you work through Scripture, it's, it's heavy at times because the writer is addressing a very heavy topic. And we're made to confront this morning this truth of the only way of being saved from God is to be saved by God. And you might be asking, why is he after me? God is after man because man has revolted against God. And they have done it time and time again. And every time they do, man has cut deep to the heart of God. You see, God is perfect. He's perfect. We've revolted because we're not. And I don't think I have to convince you or try very hard to convince you that, well, man is not perfect. You and I are not perfect. But maybe you do need to be convinced a bit of the, of the justice of God. God is just because he is perfect. And because he is perfect and because he is just, God cannot allow rebellion. But that's exactly what we do. Guys, we just rebel against God, if we're honest. Your rebellion may just be the fact that you refuse to admit that you've rebelled against God. Maybe you don't understand or agree or approve of the justice of God. That's rebellion. Guys, the truth is we are cornered. As the lion focuses on its prey and ready to pounce, we are cornered. There's no getting away. And then we're reminded of the protection of God. And we look at verse 6. Look at verse 6 again with me. Turn to him from whom people have revolted, O children of Israel. Guys, in this intense moment, we're feeling the, st- we're feeling the stare the wrath of God, the lion that's about to prance, then Isaiah extends an invitation to the people of Judah. Isaiah extends an invitation to us this morning saying, hey, repent, surrender. God invites surrender. 
out of God's love for the world, God, he would make provision for Judah, just as God has made provision for us. You see, God has made an exchange with his son. Through his son, Jesus' life is given. Our life is gained. Jesus' perfection for our sin. Jesus' obedience for our disobedience. Jesus given for us. Jesus' life for your life was a ransom for many. God's made a way, guys, for you to be saved from himself. He's made a way. So I encourage you guys, I challenge you, I plead with you to stop your pursuit of temporal security. Stop Stop falling short of what your true problems are and start, stop looking for things to save you that are never going to save you. I ask you to throw off the idols of silver and gold in your life. I want you to lift up your, your hands, the universal white flag of surrender, and I ask you guys to come out to God. Come to him. If you do it willingly, you do it in surrender. You won't get burned. You can go right up to him. Everyone who's against God, it's clear they're going to be slayed by God. So stop ignoring him, guys. He's in control. There is no deterring God. I ask you to surrender to him. Your enemies, they may be surrounding you. You may feel threatened. You're afraid that you're going to be harmed by things in this world, and you're overlooking God. God's the one you've rejected. He's the one who's after you. If you make peace with the lion, it's pretty good. You live. The only way to be saved from God is to be saved by God. Now let's turn to chapter 32. Read verses 1 through 8. Verse 1. Behold, a king will reign in righteousness. And princes will rule in justice. Each will be like a hiding place from the wind, a shelter from the storm, like streams of water in a dry place, like the shade of a great rock in a weary land. Verse 3, then the eyes of those who see will not be closed, and the ears of those who hear will give attention, and the heart of the hasty will understand and know, and the tongue of the stammerers will hasten to speak distinctly. Fool will no longer be called noble, nor the scoundrel said to be honorable. Verse 6, for the fool speaks folly and his heart is busy with iniquity. To practice ungodliness, to utter error concerning the Lord, to leave the craving of the hungry unsatisfied, and to deprive the thirsty of drink. As for the scoundrel, his devices are evil. He plans wicked schemes to ruin the poor with lying words. Even when the plea of the needy is right, but he who is noble plans noble things, and on noble things he stands. So guys, I want us to see in chapter 32 here that it's time to reject false securities and embrace the reality of God. It's time to embrace the reality of God. Let's begin rejecting these false securities. Isaiah is telling Judah, he's saying, your false security it's going to lead you to disaster. Isaiah saying, turn now. I want you to turn to the one whose trustworthy rule can bring you authentic peace. Stop 
trusting in false securities and embrace the reality of God. Isaiah's giving us a comparison here. He's saying, I want you to see the comparison of the Messiah's rule in verses 1 through 4 to the comparison of the scoundrel, rule, the fool's rule in verses 5 through 8. All right, for, for, for Judah, that would be the king of Assyria, all right, who, would, who would eventually fall. He says, I want you to see the rule of God. It's not an oppressive rule. It's not oppressive. It's an honest rule. The rule of the Messiah, it's a rule that brings justice. It's an honest rule because it's a righteous rule. You see, life under the rule of God, guys, you can't imagine. Life under the rule of God, it's like you have a hiding place from the wind. You know, when people in the desert are going to understand this. You, you see, being under the rule of God, it's like, it's like having shelter from a downpour. Being under the rule of God, it's like being in a dry land and you walk up on streams of water. Being under the rule of God, it's like feeling the relief of a shadow from a large rock in an exhausting land. Whew. The rule of God brings relief for the people of God. Life under the rule of God, it opens our eyes. It enables us to embrace reality, enables us to see reality. Under the rule of God and submission to him, guys, you begin to see, you know what? There's no credible threats. I mean, if I'm on God's side, what's going to happen? What's the worst thing that can happen? Being under the rule of God just gives you this awareness to understand reality. What can man do to me? Under the rule of God, his leaders can see clearly. His people can see clearly. They can hear clearly. They can speak clearly. God gives understanding. So now we can be people of character. God's people, they don't have to cheat, don't have to lie, don't have to scheme to have their way or to ensure their security. People of God, they can be honest because they're righteous. No longer will the fool be called noble. No longer would the scoundrel be called honorable. God's rule enables us to see reality. So guys, I know for you though, Assyria is not pressing in on you. <laughs> this, is, this is a little distant for you maybe, but we can make a connection because there's something that's threatening you. What is it that you feel that's pressing on you? There may, must be something that has you scared. And guys, our temptation might be to reach out to something worldly for security from a power that is near, that we can see, that we can be impressed by. Maybe it's not horses, horsemen, and chariots for you, but there is something else that's here that you want, and you are so tempted to turn to that in your fear instead of turning to what you can't see, but the one who is there, who is always there, God. You see, the kingdom of this world always going to let you down. Isaiah, he's saying, let me introduce you to another kingdom. And oh boy, let me tell you, this kingdom is a relief. This kingdom, it's a different kingdom. But you know what? This kingdom is actually reality. This kingdom lasts for an eternity. Let me tell you about the kingdom of the Messiah. 
verses 9 through 18. Rise up, you women who are at ease. Hear my voice. You complacent daughters, give ear to my speech. In little more than a year, you will shudder, you complacent women. For the grape harvest fails, the fruit harvest will not come. Tremble, you women who are at ease. Shudder, you complacent ones. Strip and make yourselves bare. Tie sackcloth around your waist and beat your breast for the pleasant fields, for the fruitful vine. For the soil of my people, growing up in thorns and briars, yes, for all the joyous houses in the exultant city, for the palace is forsaken, the populous city deserted, the hill and the watchtower will become dens forever, a joy for wild donkeys, a pasture of flocks. Now, I, I don't know exactly why Isaiah chooses to use women here for an example, but I do know that the the truth that Isaiah is getting at was applicable for the men and women of that day, and it's applicable for all of us here today. Judah knew Assyria is coming, and Judah had reached out to Egypt for help. They thought they had help. You see, Judah thought everything's going to be all right. We've made our deal. We bargained for our peace. We have, we have worked out our security. Judah had just kicked back. They're just going on. I mean, the crop's coming, right? They're just complacent. They're just living life as usual, ignoring the fact that disaster was coming for them. Isaiah wants us to see here this morning that complacency will lead to disaster. Wake up. You've been warned. Complacency is going to lead to disaster. What is your security in? Judah thought they were secure, but they thought they had taken care of business. They had worked out their safety. They thought they had peace. But you see, Judah's peace was all dependent on something that was false. Judah had put all their chips on the table of the world, on the table of Egypt, thinking that's what's going to save them, just to find out the counterfeit. They have no say. They have no power. They're false. What Judah's wanting from Egypt, Egypt cannot give. Only God can give. God can only give us peace. Egypt couldn't give it to Assyria. Disaster would come. Whatever it is you reach for today to give you peace, it's not going to last if you're not getting it from God. What is it you're reaching for to bring peace in your life? What is it? Is it your savings account that you take refuge in? Maybe. Maybe for some of you it's your position or your title that gives you significance. Maybe, maybe your kids are who validates you. Are you depending on a healthy lifestyle to sustain you? Are you looking for a significant other to bring you comfort? Guys, these things are not unworthy of our pursuit, and they may save you from, may save you from bankruptcy. They may save you from feeling unsuccessful. They may save you from being unhealthy. may even give you a spouse to sleep with at night. But one thing they will not do is nothing in this world can give you peace except for God. If you think you've received it without God, the warning to the women is a warning for you. Wake up in your complacency. Because what you think you have that you received from the world is counterfeit. 
God alone can rescue because God alone can give us security. Guys, false peace to accept it is to reject God. It's to ignore the offer that he has extended to you of the authentic thing. So will you be made to come, become low or will you do it willingly? You see, you can, you can reject God and you can be brought low by the wrath of God because it's coming. Or you can raise the white flag of surrender and you can humble yourself willingly and then God gives you peace. You're going to get one or the other, the wrath of God or the peace of God. You choose. It's time to reject the false realities and embrace the reality of God's rule. Verses 15 through 18. Until the Spirit is poured upon us from on high, and the wilderness becomes a fruitful field, and the fruitful field is deemed a forest, then the justice will dwell in the wilderness, and righteousness abide in the fruitful field. And the effect of righteousness will be peace. And the result of righteousness, quietness, and trust forever. Wow. 18. My people will abide in a peaceful habitation, in secure dwellings, and in quiet resting places. Vacation forever. Nice. I want to go there. I'm going there. Isaiah contrasts for us in verses 15 through 18 the authentic peace offered by God with the false peace that's offered by the world in verses 9 through 14. You have the false peace of the world in 9 through 14, and you have the authentic peace that he gives in verses 15 through 18. And we see, what does man's rule do? It just brings destruction. But what does God's rule does? God comes in, and he takes what man has messed up, and he starts to reverse the results, and then God gives authentic peace. God takes the counterfeit and replaces it with the authentic the world can't offer peace, guys, no matter how hard it tries. The world may offer you a raise, but you're going to want more. The world may offer you positions to climb the corporate ladder, but you still won't be satisfied. The world will probably, maybe you can go see it. Maybe you can go travel the world, but then at the end, you're still going to wonder what you missed out on. It's just not enough because it's fake. It can't deliver on what it promises. Only God can give what he promises. Only God can give peace. Only God can deliver because only God can give real, authentic peace. That's why the Christian, that's why the Christian can lose their job and still have peace. That's why a Christian can lose a loved one and still have peace. That's why a Christian can know their life is coming to an end they can die with peace because their peace is not dependent on these circumstances that at the end they find out it's all a sham. Their peace is dependent on God himself and he alone can give it. Their peace is dependent on God and he has come in and he has taken the counterfeit and he has replaced it with the real. Only God can give that. 
Our last two verses, 19 through 20. And it will hail when the forest falls down. Can you imagine the hailstorm that lays a forest down? And the city will be utterly laid low. Happy are you who sow beside all waters, who let the feet of the ox and the donkey range free. Guys, God, he brings defeat and delight. God's rule brings defeat and delight. In verse 19, we see that those who reject God, they are going to fall down. They are going to be brought down by God. They are going to be defeated by God. But those who are humbled, those who are are laid low, they will be saved. And guys, frankly, it is much better in God's obedience to be humbled now in your pride to receive peace for eternity. If you ignore God, if you reject God, then you surely will be defeated by God because God is in control. Whether you recognize it or not, run if you will, but God will not be deterred. But if you surrender to God, you'll be saved from God, by God. And he will enable you to see reality. God will give you authentic peace God is going to give you delight. Look at verse 20 again. Happy are you who sow beside all waters, who let the feet of the ox and the donkey range free. Can you imagine? I've lived in different places before where we've had animals, and you keep them caged up. What, 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 what we're reading here, for the people of God, their needs are going to be so met, we're not even going to care about fencing out the animals. I mean, we have our crops planted. Yeah, come on, eat it. Let them have it. Who cares? Because the people of God are going to be so provided for, there's not even going to be a thought about our need. We're not even going to wonder if our needs are going to go unmet. God has so abundantly met our need. That's peace. Guys, that's security. That's salvation. And this comes through surrender. So what about you? Will you embrace the reality of God's rule? We see here Isaiah. This is God's grace in Isaiah. As I mentioned earlier, this is a, this is a tough passage. I feel whenever I preached a few weeks ago, I felt like I was hard on you. And then this morning, I feel like I'm hard on you again. But that's, that's the tone of Isaiah. That's the... That's what God has given us through Isaiah, and it's his grace. That he tells us to wake up. This is your warning call. But God also gives us in Isaiah a great promise for us today. A great promise of the peace that he gives in his rule. So will you today embrace the reality of God's rule? God has made a way for sinners to be restored. Guys, I want you to know that for the sake, for our sake, he made him who knew no sin to be sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. I want you to know that at the cross, God made a way, God made a way for you to be saved from his wrath. God made a way for you to be saved 
from God. The way was made by God at the cross. I want you to know that by the resurrection, the resurrection of Jesus, God made sure that your future is secure. And through the Spirit of God, it's being poured out in his people, giving a peace that goes beyond all imagination. And God is restoring the curse that is inside people. He's bringing it back to understanding what is reality. Only God can do this. And he has done this for you. So guys, I want you to take comfort. If you're a child of God, under the rule of God, embracing the rule of God, take comfort. We have peace. But if you're not, I want you to take heed. I want you to surrender today to the rule of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the comfort and the confrontation you give us in the word. I thank you for how you can rescue us. Lord, you have rescued us. You have saved us. If we will simply receive what you have paid for. We thank you for the new life in Christ that we have, for the peace the Holy Spirit brings us, and for the future we have with you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In hearing the word this morning, couldn't help but go back to Hebrews chapter 13. And in verse 5 we read, Keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? So in reading those words and keeping that close to our heart, I actually ask that we receive our benediction from Numbers and the blessing of Aaron. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift you up or lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And all God's people said. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Grace Community Church, located in North Carolina. Feel free to make copies of this audio content to share with others. But please do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. For more information about Grace Community Church, go to graceccnc.org.